The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Gregoriades. I hope this audio finds you happy and healthy wherever you are in the world. Today's guest is someone I don't know very well. In fact, I would say I don't really know him at all, except I've listened to his podcast for the last several months and I've got a lot out of it. His name is Dan Mendelo and I took a punt and reached out to him and asked him if he'd like to come on my show and he agreed to. And uh, it's great news for us that he did because he shares some pretty intense stuff from some pretty intense experiences that he's had. And he's also just an interesting person with some, I like to think, great wisdom on how to get yourself into alignment, which if you want to become an actualized man is an absolutely vital thing to do. Speaking of alignment, before we get into the actual interview, just to remind you guys that I am doing one-to-one coaching with a select group of clients. If you want to change your life, if you want to take things to the next level, if you feel something is missing and that you know you're destined for more in life, I urge you to head on over to my site and sign up for a free clarity call with me. I will give you a amazing coaching session during that call free of charge. That call itself will probably change your life in many ways and help you to find out more about who you truly are and what you're capable of. There's no obligation. Just head on over to liberationmentor.com and click on the coaching button and you can click to book a call with me. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Give it a try and uh, we'll have a chat. Also, I have next year coming up a retreat that I'm hosting in Hawaii in which we are going to, again, a select group of men, 12, 12 participants. We're going to go and make some huge breakthroughs on all aspects of our lives, in particular our health, wealth, and relationships. I've had some of you guys message me and call me about this, and I got a little bit frustrated. I think it's partly because I didn't I didn't make it clear when I explained what was going to be happening with this retreat. You know, I don't want people who are just kind of looking for a vacation to Hawaii or like a jiu-jitsu training camp or anything like that. And I don't want people who are not fully committed to making changes in their life. So if that's you, if everything's cool and you're, you're happy where you are and you just want to have a vacation, please don't don't waste my time or your time. This retreat and my coaching as well is for people who want to make breakthroughs in their lives and who want who want more out of life. So if that is something you're interested in and you want to do that in a group setting as opposed to a one-to-one coaching setting, then head on over to liberationmentor.com forward slash retreat and you can again apply for a call there in which I will explain to you more about the retreat more about what we'll be doing and also I'll be interviewing you to see if you're the correct kind of person for the retreat so check both of those things out and always if you're getting a lot out of the show and you're enjoying it please head on over to iTunes and leave a review okay guys let's jump in with the next episode of the show featuring Dan Mendelo enjoy Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Show. Today's guest is someone very special 
very unique, very interesting. His name is Dan Mendelo, and I first heard his voice on a flight from Hawaii back to Los Angeles. I, on some whim, downloaded an episode of his podcast. I didn't know much about the guy. In fact, I didn't know anything about the guy. I was surfing around on uh, the podcast app on my iPhone, and I think his show came up as a recommended show. And I downloaded a few of them for the plane ride, and it was it was an instant. I felt an instant connection with this guy, and I was like, I got to get to know this dude. So I reached out. We met when I was in LA. We had a a smoothie at a pretty fancy juice bar. I like to think, and uh, I invited him on the show. And here he is, Dan. Welcome to the Liberation Mentor Podcast, and thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for that amazing intro, Nick. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. We had an awesome conversation over that smoothie and and we could have gone for hours so for this sure. will be a lot of fun yeah i'm looking forward to it i mean the 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 reason i wanted to have you on is because it's the same reason i want to have anyone on the show you know it, it's uh, they embody the ideals to which i strive and to which i try to express in the world you know you your guy has gone his own way you found liberation to a large extent it's my understanding from from listening to your shows that you worked in the corporate world and you were reasonably successful with it, but you just felt trapped in on some deep level that you, you, you knew it wasn't for you, for you and you knew it wasn't your soul's calling to, to be going to an office every day, getting screamed at or doing like high stress work that you didn't enjoy. Is that, is that kind of accurate? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is that like I, and I think this is an experience that a lot of people have. So with my business, there are four different levels of uh, lifestyle freedom, especially for coaches, but also just for business owners in general. And the very first one is just making the most of the life that you are given. And knowing that it doesn't feel right, but not knowing why. And that's what it was for me. Like I wasn't spiritual, so I didn't believe in souls back then. Uh, I didn't know about soul purpose or fate, or I didn't know about, you know, higher self or gifts or any of that stuff. I just knew that I was trying to make the best out of what I was given. Okay. And it sucked. I was a weekend warrior because I hated going to this job, but it was safe. You know, it paid the bills and it was relatively easy. It was reliable. And so I made all of the excuses to stay there. You know, I like the people, blah, 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 blah. But really, it was killing me. And I didn't know, like, I wasn't consciously aware of how much I hated it until I almost had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Interesting. I, I had, uh, so the first thing that comes to mind when you mentioned that you, you spoke about Weekend Warrior reminds me of a, a quote from one of my, or an idea from one of my favorite books, which is Unscripted. And it's by MJ DeMarco. And he says, what the average person does is they make a really dumb trade, which is they trade five days of their life for two. They go work five days, and usually it's something they don't enjoy. And in return, they're given two days off, right? Which is, I mean, he says, in, in what other world would you consider that a good <laughs> trade? Right? And the, it's true. There's no other world that I'd consider that a good trade. One of the things that hit me when I started my first grown-up job is I hated it from the the minute I started, I was like, this is not for me. But then I started to think, well, it's cool. I can hang out on weekends. Oh, I can have fun on weekends and that'll make everything okay. And then I, I instinctively knew, okay, well, that's not, a, that's not a great trade. You know, like 
weekends only two days out of the seven. And then I started thinking a little bit deeper and I realized if I'm not happy at least 51% of the time, I might as well be dead. <laughs> like, what's the point of being alive if you, <laughs> if on balance, you're, you're more miserable than happy? And that, that was one of the key thoughts that really got me to thinking about escaping from what to me was, I don't know, just not even an option. And then the second thing you mentioned about that, that struck a chord with me is you, you spoke about a, having a nervous breakdown. I have a friend named Christopher Chu, who um, he now lives pretty much wherever he wants. And uh, he does men's retreats and ayahuasca retreats and stuff like that in different parts of the world. And he was working on Wall Street. He was very successful. And he had, uh, it wasn't exactly a nervous breakdown, but he got a collapsed lung from all the stress and the, the cocaine he was taking and the drinking that he was doing to try to cover up the, the you know, all, all the stress and the things he was experiencing. So he got hospitalized in New York City, he had to leave his job for a few months. He went back and a few months later, he got a collapsed lung again. So that was the, to him, the point was like, okay, you know, I got to do something different. And um, he, he did, he turned his life around. So I'm guessing you did something very similar. Yeah. Um, I, I thank God I didn't have a collapsed lung, <laughs> but for me, things show up in different ways. You know, now, now that I have a little bit more of an awareness, I know more of what this stuff is for me. I have had moments where life showed me that I needed to change in physical ways. You know, last year, well, towards the end of 2017, uh, I got anemia and then my whole body started giving out. Livers, kidneys, adrenals all started failing. And that really was because I was not living authentically. I didn't know what that really meant. I didn't know. That's the biggest problem with authenticity is that at any given point in time, people will tell you that they are living authentically because consciously, that's what they think. You know, we don't know unless we're like 100% full of shit, right? Where it's like, I'm not even going to tell you my real name. You know, then I'll know that I'm not living authentically. But most of the time, we think we're authentic. We're being us. Who else could we be? But mm -hmm. if we're not living with accordance and in real alignment with who we really are, shit will break down. And it could be physically, it could be mentally and emotionally like it was for me. You could see it in your business where things will just dry up. Mm -hmm. You could mm -hmm. see it in your relationships where all of a sudden, you know, it feels like you're just unhappy. You know, I've had yeah. so many people who have everything, right? It's like your friend's version of having all the financial success or professional success. But then, you know, they have the beautiful family and the big home and the car and they have an affair because they're not living in alignment. So they need something else to do. Sure. So it's, yeah, you just need to be aware of these signals. Yeah. I, I'm so, so much comes up when you, when you describe that. I, I totally get what you're saying. This idea of living in alignment. I mean, what is, what does that mean to you? Is it, can, can you expand upon it a little bit more and, and maybe you can, uh, Describe that example you gave earlier in detail of how you became sick a year ago because you weren't living in alignment. Totally. So alignment is one of those things that I think a lot of people use these days, but it's kind of a fuzzy term because in and of itself, people think that they, you, know, you either live in alignment or you're out. It's like a light switch, but it's not. It's more like a spectrum, just like authenticity, mm -hmm. you know, where your entire life 
as long as you're living well, you are going to be pursuing ever deepening levels of authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. And what that means is you're going to be continually eliminating the influences of other people, things, ideas, cultures, religions, and really getting to this place where you are living your own way. It's like, a lot of people will come to me and say, you know, Dan, I, I'm just, I just don't want to give a fuck anymore. I'm done. I, I don't want to give a fuck about what other people think. And really what that is saying is that, you know, I'm sick of being inauthentic. I'm sick of allowing outside influences affect me as much as they do. Mm -hmm. And so as we eliminate these cords and these attachments, we start living more and more and more authentically, which means more aligned with who we really are. That means our decisions will come from a place that we really want. We really desire it. The other way of looking at it is, you know, like me, when I was in my corporate job, that was not living in alignment because, yeah, I was earning, sure. But it wasn't making me happy. Mm -hmm. You know, like a little piece of me died every single time I went to the office. Mm -hmm. So when we start making decisions out of our own highest excitement and out of what really does expand us and make us feel amazing, genuinely, then we start understanding what it feels like when we do live even more in alignment. Mm -hmm. You know, this will show up in relationships as well. When, you know, when, when people are just going through the motions, right, or they have a hard time saying no, or creating healthy boundaries or enforcing them, mm-hmm. that's another way of seeing that you're not really living in alignment with yourself, because you're trying to align with other people first, and to the detriment of aligning with yourself. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's making it really clear. Yeah, but. for sure. I, I mean, we live in a world that teaches us to follow right and and yeah. we're not talking about uh, specifically to follow what uh, the the examples that others set for us or what fashion or society at large puts out there for us to do or suggests that we should do and sometimes that is in alignment with with who you are but it, it, usually it isn't right and i think that's one of the first things on the path to to liberation on the path to becoming an actualized man or person is accepting that you don't have to you don't have to buy into what the world tells you you should do or how they how it tells you should live or where it tells you should go you can make your own choices you can figure out what what's good for you and that's it's great and it's freeing but it's not easy often right because often it's it means you become isolated and, and i remember like for me something it still happens sometimes i feel really alone i think to myself why can't i just be like everyone else and just put my head down and go work nine to five and, you know, not have to worry about hustling to, to, for my business or not have to worry about people judging me for putting opinions out there. And, but then I realized, no, if I do that, I'm not going to, as you said, I'm not going to be in alignment with who I am and I'm going to start to die inside a little bit and probably a lot (laughs) as time goes on. (laughs) So I really appreciate that. I mean, are there any, any specific examples of, I think what would really interest the listeners is examples of how you realized or things that you realized were out of alignment and how you changed your actions and became more in alignment and the benefits that accrued as a result of that. 
Yeah. So let's start off with how, how can you tell whether you are taking action out of alignment with yourself or alignment with someone else, right? There are a couple mm-hmm. of really easy tools that you can use. The very first thing is pay attention to your energy. Does your energy increase or decrease mm-hmm. before or as you're making a decision? Because if you're doing something that's in alignment with you, your energy will increase. Mm. Okay. If you're doing something out of alignment, it will decrease. Now, this isn't, you know, a hundred percent of the time because there are other reasons. Like, sure, if you haven't slept a lot last night, or if you're doing something that's scary, but that is in alignment, you may find a temporary dip. But it's a different thing. You need to really be able to feel that dip. Like for me, every time I'd go to work, you know, or, or even when I started coaching and I was working for someone else, I would feel this resistance inside. And I would feel my energy dropping and I'd have to make up for it with caffeine or, yes. you know, pumping myself up. And it just became harder and harder and harder to do things. And my, my interest dropped, my motivation dropped, my negativity increased. Mm-hmm. So these are all different things that you can use. But again, remember, you know, these are all clues. They aren't direct messages. So you have to gather all of them. Sure. You know, use your emotions, use your energy. And then if you're not really sure, listen in to your intuition and simply ask yourself, who am I being right now? Who am I being right now? Because I found, for example, one of the reasons like I used to hate writing copy, you know, writing social posts and writing shit on my website. I used to hate it because it never came out in my own voice. You know, when I talk, I have a very, I think, you know, kind of like unique and fun and deep and quirky and weird as fuck kind of voice. And none of that came out when I wrote. And my energy dropped and my resistance and procrastination and all these other signals Mm -hmm. that let me know that I was falling out of alignment with myself when I was writing. And then when I asked that question, who am I being right now? The answer when I felt that was very rarely me. It might have been my dad or my grandfather, both of them who taught me how to write. And both of them were professors. So they taught me how to write as professors write. And so when I sat down to write, I was using their voice, not mine. And so you can ask yourself there. Now for me, I had this massive physical breakdown for a number of reasons. I was being... I uh, gets into a much larger story. This was <laughs> while I was still inside the uh, the spiritual cult, uh, which I'm going to ask you more about as as we progress in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yes, I was I was part of a Hindu spiritual cult for a year and a half. It's how I discovered my spirituality, and it changed mm-hmm. my entire life. And I also became a vegetarian. And the weird thing was that for a year, while I was a vegetarian. I had dreams of eating meat. Nick, I would wake up in the middle of the night terrified (laughs) thinking that I ate a cheeseburger (laughs) because I was dreaming about it, man. I was like, in my dream, salivating over steaks and stuff. And it was really interesting. Every time I had a meal, I didn't get excited about it. My energy dropped and all these signals kept on showing up. And I didn't know that here I was physically out of alignment 
and I wasn't getting enough heme iron mm-hmm. into my blood. And as I was working out, working out, working out, I was driving myself towards anemia. At the same time, I was still trying to work for someone else in his coaching business. And let's just put it that way. That man shouldn't be coaching anybody. <laughs> you know, there are some people out there who use uh, mindset tools. I think we talked about this a little bit over our smoothie. The difference, you know, what is manipulation? And he was very manipulative to the people in his life. And our energies were not in alignment. And I was still trying to work with him because I was afraid. I didn't know what I was doing in my business. I didn't know how to get clients. I didn't know how to do anything. And he said he showed me the ropes. Mm-hmm. So I ignored all those signals. And I kept on working with a person and a business model and an organization that I was just not in alignment with. Mm -hmm. And the more I pushed physically and professionally in these areas, the more I fell apart internally. And it manifested itself as full-blown adrenal fatigue, you know, liver and kidneys shutting down. And some of this, actually the, I mean, for physical, for physical condition, the most afraid I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. And I came back from that by, you know, going to a functional doctor and handling the physical damage that I did, but then going right into mindset work and going to a hypnotherapist, going to an energy healer, going to a mindset coach. And then processing myself extensively every single day and meditating to bring myself into a place where I could gather the strength I needed to make the changes that I needed. And that allowed me to change the way that I worked, change how I showed up, uh, go back to a way of eating and a way of living for my body that felt really good. And I healed myself. I created a six-figure business, which later blossomed into a multiple six-figure business Mm -hmm. and got back into even more alignment. So yeah, there's this constant like tug. That's the other thing that you know we need to be aware of is that you know it's not like oh once you're in alignment you stay there. It's a constantly shifting balance point that you you have to be aware of and and yeah. adjust to. I totally understand that. Yes, and and yeah. that's the thing as well. It's like it's a multi-dimensional thing because you are a multi-dimensional creature. So the idea is to be really intentional with your life, and I mean everything. Now this may sound like a lot at first, but it's really not because. You know, a, a lot of people come in. It's like, oh my god, Dan, you intentionally choose every yeah everything from when I wake up in the morning to what I do in the morning to what I eat every single meal to who I hang out with to the clients that I work with to what my apartment looks like to my car to my clothes, every single thing because I want everything in my life to be an ever uh, ever greater levels of alignment with me. Yeah, I lo- I love that. There's a uh... A spiritual teacher, his name escapes me now, but my friend Roy Dean put me on to him. And uh, in one of his talks, I should really remember who this is. Uh, in one of his talks, he explains how he's talking to his disciples and he says, there should not be a single thing in your home that isn't there for a very specific reason, right? And that reason might be that you enjoy how it looks. 
that you find it aesthetically pleasing, but it has to have a reason for being there, right? And and I, I love what you said about how everything in your life is, is so considered and it's a big theme for me, a big theme, this idea of how I do, you've heard that expression, how, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And there's so much truth to that, you know, how you, how you present yourself, how you exercise, how you eat, how you show up in the world. It's all linked, right? So I get it. I get why, you know, if you want to become the best person you can possibly be, you need to make sure that every single aspect of your life is approached with, how can I say, focus and reverence and uh, thought, right? Otherwise, how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you dress sloppily, then your work is going to be sloppy and your relationships are going to be sloppy and uh, the way you exercise is going to be sloppy. And, and I can't tell you how great it is for me to hear that because, as I said, this theme has been right at the forefront of my life to the point where sometimes I wonder that I'm becoming a bit OCD about it. <laughs> but but I, I guess it's better to be that way than the alternative, which is to just say like, fuck it and just be a slob and just let everything go, right? Yeah, and I, I think it goes even deeper than that as well. I mean, think about it this way. Let's say you go to the opposite side and do what the average person does, which is, you know, you kind of choose here and there, but you're mostly unconscious. And, you know, the friends that you have in your life right now it's so weird, man. Nick, I, I've had so many different conversations with people and seen different friend groups. And there's usually one friend that no one fucking likes. <laughs> like, no one likes this person. They cause drama all the damn time. They don't add any value. And then when I ask, like, why are you still friends with this person? They give me the worst answers ever. You know, oh, we've been friends for a long time you know, she needs help or these, and I, I can't, uh, pity or people pleasing or just the inability to say no and enforce mm -hmm. boundaries. And the thing is, this one person in that friend group is like a cancer, you know, because people feel like, oh, they have to invite this person all the time or else they get upset or they can't say or do certain things or else they get upset. They dance around their emotions. They always have to deal with their shit or their drama, or their problem, you know, whatever it is. And it disrupts the friend group and brings everyone down. All because they don't have the courage to be intentional right, with what mm -hmm. they are. Now, that's just a friend in your group. Think about that applied to the rest of your life. If you're going to go out and just whatever is there is there, right, and you're just going to let things be however the fuck they are, then... When something goes wrong, how do you know what it is? Yeah. You use the word courage, which is some, a word I've been meditating on for, for a long time. And uh, I mean, it's literally in my line of sight as I'm speaking to you on my wall. There's a little <laughs> poster I have, which is the secret to happiness is freedom. And the secret to freedom is courage. And I truly yes. believe that everything you want is on the other side of fear, right? You have to find the courage to step through that fear, whether it's a new relationship or a new physique, whatever it is, there's going to be some kind of barrier and the cost to go through that barrier is courage, which you have to, I mean, different people get it from different places, but it's, everyone's got it within them. You just have to dig deep enough to find it, right? Totally. And that's, that's so big, you know, fitting in and being accepted and changing who you are, or what you do, or just going along with things so that, you know, you don't stir the pot 
where you don't cause any friction, that may seem like the easy way, right? And that may seem, and it's just really just because it doesn't require courage. Mm-hmm. So it feels easier, even though, you know, people who look for the easy life have the hardest ones. People who... Such accept, an interesting thing to say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, you know, people... It's really funny how they look at us and like, oh, you guys are coaches. Your lives are easy, right? Like, no, my life is hard as fuck because I always go after the most courageous option that I can go after. And, you know, right now I'm making changes that are absolutely downright terrifying. I have not been this afraid in a long time. And that's really just because I'm pushing the boundaries of my courage. To make massive shifts and fuck what's easy. I'm looking for what's effective, what's right, and what's in alignment because that's what's going to bring me the most. I I love that. Good for you, my brother. I truly appreciate that. I mean, I I think we're in a very similar place. You know, this year has been the same for me. There's been a lot of things that I had to do that took a huge fucking amount of courage. And it's not easy, man. It's not easy. It's just not easy. But it's worth it. It's almost always worth it. I can say that with great conviction. Now, I, I want to talk about this, what happened to you. So I'm, I'm going to compress the story a little bit because I know it. And uh, I actually want to get to the second part of, of your story mm-hmm. relating uh, regarding this, which is you on the recommendation of a friend, your life wasn't working. This guy told you, you've got to go check out these people. Uh, and in particular, this, this one grew, you didn't want to do it because you were a very skeptical, very rational minded, atheistic style person. You'd been brought up in a, in a very atheist home or, or kind of rational minded home that didn't believe in anything beyond uh, the physical realm and beyond five cents empiricism. But on a whim, not on a whim, but because your life was in such a, a negative place you decided to risk it and you flew out to india where you joined this pretty out there cult so what i'd love to hear from you is a little bit about those the changes that happened when you're or or the things that you saw that cult that led to these changes in your belief system and the part that you haven't shared on your own podcast which is how you why you needed to get out of that cult and how you got out of it so if you could start us off there that would be great sure sure um, and just because, you know, we only have uh, like nine or 10 more minutes, I'm not going to be able to get into everything. Uh-huh. So, all right. So what I saw there, you got to remember, I, I didn't believe in spiritual energy. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it felt like. I didn't know what was possible. And also, you know, as a, as a kid, one of my first jobs ever, I was a sleight of hand magician, believe it or not, That's great. working in New York City. And I used to be able to watch people like David Copperfield and then reverse engineer what he did and then do it myself. So I came back, you know, from a background of like, eh, you know, I've seen some pretty incredible things that looked real too. And there's always <laughs> a trick, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. there's always something. But um, I saw some shit there that I, that my brain just could not process. I mean, on what, like in the first or second day, some guy, uh, actually my buddy who invited me there, introduced me to this nine-year-old girl who uh, was going to do a blindfold reading. I'm like, okay, I've seen a lot of blindfold readings. I kind of know how a lot of these things are done. So I'm super skeptical. 
And she goes, write whatever you want on a piece of paper. It doesn't need to be words. It doesn't need to be numbers. You can draw it. You can do whatever you want on any part of the piece of paper. It doesn't matter at all. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to walk over here. <laughs> so you know, no one is around me. And I'm going to write this out. And I wrote a random series of numbers, letters, and then pictures that I drew on there. Folded it up like 20 times. Put it in my pocket. And put my hand over my pocket. And she let me inspect three blindfolds and then put it on her. And then she said a little prayer and then told me exactly what I wrote. I mean, exactly. And she could describe the pictures perfectly. Even, even the places where my hands jittered or, you know, she, like I drew a happy face and she would say like, yeah, one eye is a little lower than the other one, what? you know, like just bananas accurate. Okay. And so I'm like, all right, all right, maybe. But I'm still thinking parlor trick. Uh -huh. When the guru of the group started sending energy, that, and I start, you know, I sat down and I started feeling incredible waves of heat and cold, random emotions coming up, and then peace and love and, you know, oneness. These things that people talk about, but they're really hard to understand unless you feel them. Mm -hmm. You can't theoretically understand love. So that's when things started kind of shifting in my world because I go, like, oh, okay, well, there's something here. And then I started seeing people moving shit with their minds. I mean, it got to a, a point after a little while with the cult that I was moving coconuts with my own mind. And you, know, you could put it on a table or someone could hold it in their hands. And I could move the thing. And there were times where I could actually split it. So, God damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. In multiple places. There were people who could, you could hear it when people do that. It sounded like a cracked coconut. And people <laughs> were doing this. There were, you know, a thousand people in a room. You snap, 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 snap. All over the room. As these people are cracking coconuts open by looking at them. You know, there was a woman who produced gemstones out of her mouth, like over and over and over producing diamonds and all sorts of crystals and, you know, beads and all sorts of things. And it is insane. People who there could look at you and then describe your home perfectly. I mean, perfectly to the point mm -hmm. as if they were walking through it, they could tell you where your bedroom is, the colors in it, whether you made your bed or not. If there was someone in the home, like right then and there, they could say, yeah, 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 you know, your friend Joe is staying at home, but he's kind of a slob, you know, and he's done this, <laughs> that, and the other. And having people check, like texting home, like, Joe, are you on the couch right now eating this specific kind of potato chips, watching this specific show? <laughs> and having that person freak out, you know? So after experiences like this, one after another, after another, after another, I could not hold on to my previous vision of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like I just could not accept that spirituality was false. Like it had to be real. Mm -hmm. And then I started feeling energy myself. And, you know, things got really insane when I started being able to tap into other people's emotions and thoughts. And, you know, it just took off. Well, I guess, I mean, look, yeah. so it's, it's obvious. 
to me that you've you experienced something i mean uh, the, the examples you've given of the things you saw just mind-blowing i can't vouch for the authenticity but you seem as i said in the beginning of the show like a pretty genuine guy so i'm, in, I'm inclined to believe you and and obviously yeah your perspectives of the world shifted forever i'm, I'm quite interested as well in, in the next part of the story is you were learning all these amazing things and interacting with all these energies and this guru was obviously imparting a lot of wisdom where did it all go wrong like why aren't you still with that group what 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 happened yeah so there was always something a little off for me in that group <laughs> and with the guru as well that i i don't know i always felt here's you know alignment again <laughs> when you'd show up i i always felt a little bit of resistance and fear mm. and i didn't know what it was because you know my entire life was getting better and better and better and so i thought like oh you know maybe it's just i'm not accustomed to this you know and sure. you're in a group and everybody people would say amazing things to me like i don't want to read anything else except for his books you know when we get together all we do is talk about him like that's fucking crazy you know He's, you know, people would call him a god. And like, yeah, he's the only one, you know, he's the only one that can save like, oh, you're getting to really dangerous territory right here. Yeah. You know, that's like one thought away from extremism. And, and uh -huh. mm -mm. so I couldn't tell if I was freaked out by that or by something else. But uh, I started having more and more suspicions and feelings about certain things like, gave us these necklaces to wear around our throats that were supposed to you know provide us with energy and the moment i started putting it on my entire system told me directly wow. like, do not put this on wow that's fascinating like, don't okay. wear this and there are some other things that he gave us that my whole system was like do not hold on to the do not accept this and then i started talking with some other people who confirmed a suspicion that the enlightenment that he was creating for people there was synthetic. That means that we had to really go through him and through his energy to get to source. Okay. But that's not how we're meant to align with source. We each have a connection that is ours and is personal and is deep. And we should never have to connect through. Exactly. Else, right? And that's why, that's why religion is one of the reasons I think I, I have generally very little time for organized religion is to me, I, I tell the story that it, it, it what, what this, the source of all, almost all religion is there came a point where one of us came up with the idea that, Hey, uh, I'm going to tell this guy that I've got a better connection to that source than, than he could ever have. And that if he wants to get that connection, he has to go through me and he usually has to pay me in some way or another. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's, to me, that's like morally um, repugnant. And we all, as you said, we all have our own connection and we all, I really believe we should come to it in our own way. Or I guess not everyone's ready for that. Some people need the tradition, the systems of traditional religion to kind of hold their hands. And my, my wife actually said it to me. She said, some people are at spirituality 1.0 and that's where everyone has to tell you how it's done and you have to live in this very tight package of rules and regulations and you have to buy into this one structure and you can't deviate from it at all but 2.0 is when you start to ask your own questions and you start to look for your own connections and your own path and i think anyone who tries to force you into 1.0 i would be very weary of that and it sounds like that's what this guy was trying to do right 
Yes, and even worse. So, you know, energy can be given, right? Uh, it can be shared. It can be healed. It's like a thing, you know? That's why there are energy healers who can help you clean up and improve and work on your energy. He was taking energy from people. And I don't know what he was doing with it. You know, some people could say that, oh, you know, he was taking energy so that he could transform it and give it back or clean it up and give it back. But I know that there was a point where I took a few days off of doing the morning, um, you know, Hindu ritual, the puja. And then one day I came and I, I did it and I, it felt like someone put a cork into my third eye. Interesting. And, and it hurt. And that was when I realized like, okay, this is, this is at least beginning or has begun to be a taking relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this guy is saying, yeah, you need to go through me. And not only am I going to charge you an immense amount of money for these programs, mm -hmm. but I'm going to take your life energy it, it, it sounds like a vampire in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. There's no other way to put it. And, and in fact, that's probably, I've been thinking about this a lot, like where these legends of vampires and werewolves and stuff come from is it's probably back in the day, people didn't have a good way to describe someone who was an energetic drain on you, right? So they came up with an allegory or a metaphor of someone who actually drinks your blood. And I guess blood could be analogous to the life source. And one of the things that I know we're close to the end of time, but one of the things I just wanted to um, share that came up when you were describing it last night, in fact, I was watching an old episode of um, John Oliver, which is one of my favorite shows. And in it, he was doing an expose on, on televangelists. And I mean, I'm going to say it. It's, it's a very, I, I try to refrain from making super opinionated statements, but I truly believe that, that, televangelists are not good people. Almost all of them are not good people. And, and some of these clips that he was playing uh, of these guys basically conning people out of their money by, you know, pretending that he was going to heal them through faith healing and stuff like that. It's, they were doing exactly what this guy in India was doing, right? They, except the energy that they're taking from people is a slightly different variation. It's money, which I've said on the show before, money can be looked at as your life energy because you give away your life energy and your time to acquire it. And I just find that like, it's repugnant, man. The idea, like, if you think about it, it's, that's a great yardstick by which to measure people. You know, are they, are they energy takers or energy givers, right? And, and you see it all the time. There's certain people who, they, they come into a group of people and they, they look for what they can get out of them. You know, like whether it's money or time or attention or compliments or whatever it might be. And, and then you see it in business as well. And you see it in all aspects of life. There's, there's people that are parasitic or there's people that are, uh, I, that's not the opposite of parasitic, but you get what I'm saying. There's people who are like oh. are net positive and they're giving and putting out good energy into the world. And I sure as hell know what kind of person I'm striving to be. And uh, I, I guess you're, you're on the same, you have the same understanding, right? You, you don't want anything totally. to do with that, that other kind. And I, I really respect you and admire you for sharing that because just to admit that you're involved in something like that is, it must be difficult, you know, like. I used to be, but this is who I am. And, and that's the thing, you know, I gained so much from that experience. It's not just mm -hmm. amazing stories to tell because they are really fun, but mm -hmm. uh, I gained so much from that experience that although a lot of people would, you know, coming out of it and I've spoken to them, look at it as a negative, a net negative for them. 
I've always looked at it as one of the biggest net positive experiences of my entire life. And I think I got out at just the right time. You know, so I got, mm-hmm. it's like I, I, I took all the good and ran out. <laughs> <laughs> things started getting bad. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love it. I, I think back, you know, it was such great gratitude at it. Sure. That, that's, that itself indicates your, your level of development and, and you know, how healthy you are as an individual that you can look back at something like that with gratitude as opposed to resentment or disdain or whatever it might be. And I, I really respect and appreciate that too. Dan, I, I would literally talk to you for three hours about this and I think we're <laughs> going to have to do a part two at some point, but I know that I'd love to. You, you have a, an appointment and so do I. Um, this show, actually, for those listening, there was a technical hiccup in the beginning, so it's 15 minutes shorter than, than uh, it should be. But Dan, before people listen to the next episode of the show, which we'll do at some point in the future, if they want to get in touch with you and they, they feel that you're, uh, what it, the energy that you're putting out is a good, good match for what they're, they're interested in, where, where should they go to find out more about you? Uh, two easiest places. One is Instagram. So at Dan Mendelo. Super simple there. And you can head over to my website if you're interested in reading up a little bit more. And there you can also get... Um, uh, you see my blog and my podcast is on there as well. And that's just danmendelo.com. Super simple. Awesome. That's great. I got to give a recommendation for your podcast. It's absolutely wonderful. I really <laughs> enjoyed you. it. Cool, Dan. Thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate you. I appreciate you right back, Nick. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to start blocking off some more time together. These conversations just go by way too fast. I told you the guy had an intense story. (laughs) Blew my mind, Um, in particular, the story of the cult. You know, I watch a lot of shows and documentaries about cults. I find them absolutely fascinating because to me, it's it's just a real demonstration of the power of the mind and more specifically the power of an idea to affect the mind and thus affect persons, a person's actions or a group of people's actions. And that to me is, I, you know, I find it scary seeing how negative it turns out and how bad it can get. But most of the time I just find it extremely inspiring to see that human beings are that affected by ideas because that to me says, if you find the right ideas, you can take the right actions and your life can be massively improved. And I, in particular, the idea I took from this episode of the show was something I've known, but Dan really encapsulated really well, this idea of alignment and being in alignment with who you are. And there have been times in my life when I've operated, when I've been out of alignment and nothing really works properly. You know, like business doesn't really flow. Relationships don't work. I just don't feel good right, when I'm not operating from alignment. And I think if you if you make the effort to figure out what alignment means for you and get into it, the rewards and the dividends that it will pay are just massive. So I highly recommend you focus on that. And if you want help doing that, you might want to consider engaging me, uh, engaging with me in my coaching services. As I said at the beginning of the show, head on over to liberationmentor.com and you can apply for a free coaching session with me in which uh, I'll help you get to the root of what's causing you to be out of alignment and how you can get back into alignment. 
also, as I said at the beginning of the show, I have this amazing retreat coming up in Hawaii next year. It is going to be truly life-changing. If you want to find out more about that and you are serious about making big changes in your life, head on over to liberationmentor.com forward slash retreats and you can apply for a call with me and I'll explain to you what it's all about. Hope you guys are enjoying the show and I hope you have a fantastic week. I will speak to you again soon. Until then, love and light.